1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Show About Science. This is your host, Nate, and today we are going to be swinging through the branches of the world of tails. Ever wondered why you don't have a tail? Well, today we are going to find out. Stay tuned because it's going to be a wild journey through the tales of time. All right, uh, so... First of all, welcome to the show.
2: Thank you. I'm glad to be here.
1: Yeah, you're welcome. And so can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself?
2: Sure. I'm Bo. I grew up in China, and then I went to Beijing for my undergraduate studies. And in that time, I developed a strong interest in biology and chemistry and the molecular basis of living beings. So I want to do research in this field. And uh, I'm about to graduate, still a graduate student here and the New York University School of Medicine. And I'm glad to be here to introduce my most recent research. <laughs>
1: All right, Bo, I am very excited to talk to you about all the research that you've been working on at the New York University School of Medicine. Whew, that's a mouthful. Uh, And that research is all about tails and human evolution. So tell us a little bit about, like, why don't humans have tails anymore?
2: (laughs) Yeah, uh... That's a very interesting question because I thought about this question when I was a little kid, and, of course, at that time, there was no answer to it. So we don't have a tail, but we have a rudimentary tail inside our body, which is just like three or four vertebral which extends from our spine and uh, didn't extend to the external of our body. So it forms our tailbone. So when we are talking about why, There is evolutionary answer to it and also developmental answer to it. So from a simple side, developmental side, we have this program because in the evolutionary biology, the monkeys uh, have the tail, which we share the same ancestral species. So there must be some kinds of molecular program that could enable us to develop a tail. But somehow this program was disrupted. And when I'm talking about the evolutionary reason, that's like how this happened during development. So during evolution, there's something that prevents our tail from extending to an external tail. So just leaving the so-called tailbone in our body right now.
1: So let me get this straight. We we do uh, have this thing. A tailbone that should be growing into our tail, but at some point way, way back in our evolutionary history, there's this mutation that happened, and that blocked our tail tail. from becoming an actual tail outside of our bodies. Yeah. So, like, why do you think this mutation happened? Why do we just have a tailbone and no tail? Why do we just...
2: Yeah, um, when we are talking about like why some kinds of mutation happened, I have to be honest, like it's a very challenging question. On the other hand, it could be like very simple because it could be a random event. that's because in biology or in genetics, there's a lot of randomness in mutations. For example, on average, every child has like around 10 to 100, this kind of range mutations different from their parents.
0: Mm.
2: Like we all say, um, we got the DNA from our parents, but still there's some minor changes when we compare our genome to our parents' genome. In most cases, these mutations does not matter. But in some cases, this mutation could do something. And then natural selection will select for the ones who has a mutation that helps them to survive best. So when we're talking about like why some kinds of specific mutation occurred, in many cases, the best guess is it's a random event and then a specific mutation is doing something good in a specific environment, then this mutation will be selected and enriched which becomes the dominant in a specific environment.
1: That's interesting. Mm -hmm. So why do you think that the mutation just got rid of our tails and not our tailbone?
2: So you're asking me very tough questions and very interesting questions. I never thought about it because we leave three to four vertebrals and uh, very posterior part of the body, we call it caudal vertebrae, and they will fuse together during human development and becomes a so-called tailbone. Hmm. Um, Instead of like other species, for example monkeys, their caudal vertebrae can extend and have an external tail.
1: I see. So the caudal vertebrae are the bones that make up the tails. In humans, there's a few that join together to make up the tailbone. But in animals, like monkeys, there's a bunch that become the tail. Mm-hmm. All right, got it.
2: Yeah. So there must be some kinds of like very clear genetic regulation that make us have very homogeneous phenotype, leaving three to four vertebral. So I would say the short answer is I don't know exactly on this. But uh, natural selection seems to favor a no external tail phenotype. phenotype. So this genetic mechanism will act together in a complex way to keep only the three to four vertebrae which may have a selective advantage, presumably affecting the locomotion style, that selects for this phenotype. So uh, short answer, I don't know. And uh, But I believe um, we can figure out because of a few decades of research in developmental biology. Yeah.
1: So, like, what is the anatomy of a tail?
2: In most cases, the major part is the tail vertebral or caudal vertebral. So it's an extension of our spine and different species may have like different numbers of vertebrae. it could be as long as like 20 vertebral or just a few less than 10. and then some species have like stronger uh, muscle attached to this vertebral and of course to the sacral part of the body which helps um, moving the tail and then outside it's just the skin so it's a relatively simple anatomy
1: So when does the mutation that blocks uh, tail growth uh, take place in our evolutionary history?
2: So first, um, we have to be clear, this is not a human-specific trait. As we described in the paper, um, apes, chimps, gorillas, uh, gibang they all share the same no-tail phenotype. So this is a trait shared by, in a short word, hominoids. So because of the past two decades of efforts sequencing the genomes of all these homyloid species, we know the sequence of all these genomes. And then we can use the mathematical way to calculate when the mutation happened. So based on these efforts, we can find the uh, specific genetic change that's happened to the humans and apes and compare them to the more ancestral DNA sequences, including those monkeys. So you can infer this timing being around 20 to 25 million years ago. That's when this mutation happened. In a simpler way, this mutation is shared between all the apes but not in the monkeys. So this event is happening when the ancestral apes diverged from the ancestral monkeys around 20 to 25 million years ago.
1: I see. So what kind of tails did humans used to have? And what was their purpose?
2: You mean ancestral human or?
1: Yeah, like why did humans used to need
2: tails? I would say in a more accurate way, like let's say the ancestral monkey or homeloid because when we are defining human it only happened around three to four million years ago so that's way after we lost our tail obviously a good way to detect the tail of an ancestral homoloid or ancestral monkey is to use a time machine but obviously we don't have it
1: so what purpose was there for tails?
2: Um, you mean for human or for yes, other species? Yes,
1: for, for humans.
2: So um, there are various uh, different functions of a tail that we can infer from existing hominoid species. So a tail could be short and kind of long functional or tails could help to keep balance on the branches. They kind of use their tail as an extra name, so they can use the tail to have the whole body on the branches to help them live on the tree. So um, there are various uh, different functions of a tail um, that we can infer from the existing species. So that's how we guess the function of a tail.
1: So, hypothetically speaking, if a modern-day human were to still develop a tail, what use could there be for it?
2: Are you talking about, like, in a sci-fi way, like, let's say if a human, modern human, like, uh, still develop a tail, like, how we could um, take use of it, or, um...
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: Um... That's an interesting way to think about it, because I'm not sure if you watch a movie called Avatar um, by James Cameron.
1: Not yet, but the language (laughs) I have heard is very in-depth.
2: So in that movie, they have a species called Lavi, sorry, I mean, a kind of people, um, the Lavi people on Pandora, and they use a tail to communicate. Of course, it's like way beyond the tails on Earth. Um, for example, a dog like wanking the tail is a way for dogs to communicate. Mm-hmm. So um, if we imagine like, let's say the modern human has a tail behind our body, it may affect our body balance. On the other hand, I would imagine it probably a way for us to communicate, like when we use hands to help us communicate um, we have hand gestures to help us communicate or talk to different people. Mm-hmm. Uh, we may have different posters with our tail. And I guess uh, when we are happy or sad or feel worried or concerned, our tail may have different posters, I would say. That's an interesting way to think about it.
1: Well, the posture of my hypothetical tail right now is sticking straight up because I am very happy with the way this interview has turned out. So, thank you so much, Bo, for coming on the show.
2: Thank you, Late, for uh, inviting me here, and have a great weekend.
1: Yeah, no problem. There you have it, folks. The show about science is complete. Our theme song was composed by Jeff Dan and Teresa Brooks. And remember to subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts.
0: All right, Dad, you can shut the recording off.